0: Hello, everyone. I'm Will Leverson, and this is Sports Spot Weekly. Today's episode, Fade Runner. And the fade in this instance is a slang term for getting your hit back, or as some of us also know as getting your lick back. Or otherwise, if you have static with somebody, what you're going to do is to run them a fade is you're going to take the static that you have, the issue that you have, to that person. And the person in this instance is former New Orleans Saint, Super Bowl winning coach, and former NFL analyst Sean Payton, who uh, was able to receive a fairly decent contract to say the very least in order to take the reins over from Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and, and, and now he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos, who last season with their newly acquired quarterback, Russell Wilson, failed to post a favorable uh, season where we saw, uh, where there was a, a lot of talk with a possible regression of Russell Wilson As for the sake of this show, once again, we don't get into statistical-based things, even though the stats are there. It's not that we don't know them. It's just that this isn't a news-driven show. This is a sports commentary show uh, where we offer our perspective uh, from a business sort of approach and where we're able to often arrive at the same points where the statistical-based information is going to take you. For example, newly crowned head coach Sean Payton in his latest address to, to media in regards to his assessment of the role that he's, you know, of, of basically the state, the state of the team as he's stepping into the role here and what are some of his observations. And he was very uh, candid and frank in his assessment of the performance of former head coach Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, What I will tell you is that from the standpoint of understanding how best to leverage your most valuable asset, which for the Denver Broncos, although they have several uh, players at several key and impact positions there, of course, we know um, their their young receiver there, uh, Jerry Judy, um, hurt or otherwise unable to maximize his potential hopefully he takes a jump there but uh, what we have um, also is that understanding where if if you just acquired Russell Wilson and you said to yourself this is who I have all things being considered not just the great stuff in the past and not just the playability but where is this guy truly at in his career how best can we count on him to get us to the winning result that we as a team are striving for? Like, this is what Denver's saying they'd like to do. That's why they went out to Russell Wilson and as many of us in the sports consumer sphere and also the um, sort of commentary or new media world or what have you are going to tell you is that they gave up a lot over these years, including giving up Von Miller and things uh, uh, and, 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 and restructuring that team and and, uh, and and Teddy Bridgewater, who also, as far as a equitable deal, uh, Teddy Bridgewater did perform well for his new team, the Seahawks, his former team being the Broncos. So as far as a choice at the position, if they were not to have been able to get Russell Wilson, uh, the choice to have moved uh, pieces around to acquire Teddy Bridgewater – uh, also, uh, in hindsight, would have been a great acquisition. Had been a great acquisition for the team. Uh, Teddy, Bridge, um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, would end up, uh, uh, we well, went to Miami uh, there, of course, and end up uh, being injured there in place of Tua uh, there. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater also, of course, performed well there uh, for that team. Um, uh, and then you have Geno Smith, of course. Uh, there for the Seahawks. So um, there's a lot that can be said of Dendra's acquisitions over these years uh, in, in the aftermath of the, the Peyton Manning Super Bowl. So when we look at what it is to have a Russell Wilson, one of the things is, is that with having Nathaniel Hackett, a first-year head coach, and having a quarterback in Russell Wilson, who is not the Uh, Although he is, of course, is a great playability as a quarterback, one of the many uh, ongoing commentary on Russell Wilson that he is just not a strong enough presence in that huddle. Once again, when it comes to installing plays and and running things like that, he uh, had a a, a famous uh, here uh, uh, response now to Geno Smith and him looking at a wristband and, and Russell Wilson saying, hey, I never had to look at a wristband. Uh, and this is also Russell Wilson, who doesn't have that that quarterback presence. He has a playability presence. He has that ability. But when it comes down to being the quarterback, installing plays, is he the the sort of on on field coach for that offense? When you have a when you have a coach that that that, that you know, as far as a professional uh, sports team. You're going to need to have that sort of ability that Russell Wilson hasn't proven that he's going to dedicate himself to as that professional athlete. You grow that conversation out from there. The coach that he had prior success with, uh, Pete Carroll is often, uh, you know, lauded as as this coach, uh, a rah-rah sort of, uh, uh, grow the conversation out of their former successful coach at USC, college sort of, uh, you know, motivator, ultimate leverage, you know, uh, through that motivation and ability to manage and lead. There's, you know, maybe not the play caller, but amongst a locker room of people Pete Carroll is, is is able to sort of leverage that, and so having that presence of a coach to lead a, a locker room, lead a, a group of men, and then you grow the conversation out from there from that great uh, um, um, a Legion of Boom defense, which uh, had the amoeba scheme where you had all these nuances and and and, and all these idiosyncrasies when it comes down to the the stances and, and everything of your defensive lineman position. And like, 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 there were a lot of things that happened with Seattle that were, that took those level of decision making out of the hands of Russell Wilson and allowed his playability, that strength to really shine, shine through. That's what a team does when it operates on all levels. That was the Seattle Seahawks growing out from there. Then you have, you know, groundbreaking stadium and, and, and crowd participation, all these things, right? like that was the Seattle team around a quarterback like Russell Wilson. So you move Russell Wilson out of that, he is now a quarterback who is with a first-year coach who as far as play calling and all those things that's not what he was there for. Nathaniel Hackett was formerly the uh, quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers who so once again you're a quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers great, you know, he he he's making things not that you haven't guard, you know, you don't have the prerequisite, prerequisite skill and, and guile and wherewithal to be any sort of coach. That's not what this is about. What it is, is taking a realistic look when you, when you are a team putting together, you're building that, you know, you're winning that for effort, and you're looking at who do you have at these positions. This is what, look, this conversation here, and that's what we also, you know, want to point out in the information. We, we, are, we are on this show. And and any of the content, even some of the the funner stuff, the anime stuff, and then even more serious show, Union Address and all that. Um, It's never like we're having a conversation, you know, that, that we're of the volition that... We're thinking things that haven't already been thought out. We are just, for the sake of this show, uh, presenting sort of this, this information so that we're all able to sort of see, okay, you know, uh, where realistically are we expecting these things to go? And we're talking about someone running a fade because what Sean Payton projected in his media address was a bit more than just performance on his team and direction of those things which you would expect a coach to do. So we'll get into that. But let's just have this conversation on the assets and things, this story uh, of this uh, effort in Denver in order to yield a winning effort with their greatest asset, Russell Wilson, uh, their being in place and what it's going to mean for this team. Because last year wasn't just solely on ineptitude. What we saw there was the alignment of acquired assets that were not able to work as synonymously as the organization had hoped. Things are not going to simply get better just because Sean Payton is a strong offensive mind, touted as one of the best offensive minds at the head coach position or offensive or whatever. You talk about, you know, coaching trees and all those sorts of things. Sean Payton is wildly touted as an offensive genius. That's not simply the only reason why there would be any potential markedly different look or feel or energy or vibe or whatever that we're going to say that Denver has going on that you grow it out from there, the realignment of their ownership structure and, and doing things that are new and unique and trying to be groundbreaking away from being the, the the sort of stoic and the L way and the all that like, like like Denver is trying to do new things, taking a new direction. You grow that conversation out from there. they, in this new ownership structure, begin an aggressive um, uh, you know, uh, acquisition phase here where not only is Russell Wilson and some of the assets they've leveraged but also getting Sean Payton, that, was the, that the best thing they did wasn't simply to just go out and get somebody like Sean Payton that was available. It's not that, oh, just any coach could have gone in there and been better than Nathaniel Hackett. No, that's not the truth. The truth of the matter is is that Russell Wilson, as an NFL quarterback here later in his career, was never a quarterback who was the great offensive coach on the field. He was just a really great, or is, or whatever you're going to say about Russell Wilson's playability, that's what he was, a great playability engine. You know, sometimes when you say Russell Wilson, you almost want to say Russell Westbrook, not out of any disparagement, but really, both of them are quite the same, both great playability engines. One has been able to win a Super Bowl in a sport where there are fifty four other people than him on a team that can lead to the effort unfortunately in basketball you've got your what you got a you know thirteen man I think roster which in a, in any sort of rotation maybe you got six seven eight guys maybe out of that if if people are available, so you know the more the more, as they say in sales and such and so. Um, uh, there, there is more of a like of a, of a, of a likelihood that a, a great playability engine uh, like Russell Wilson uh, would achieve in his professional craft that professional, you know, that highest attainment there. You grow the conversation out from there. Was it more about his playability? Was it the offense, or was it the Legion of Boom? See, and so these are all uh, these are all conversations had about Russell Wilson. You translate that over to Denver. That's not going to stop. There is no Legion of Boom. In Denver, although there's a great defensive presence, there is now a coach that takes that offensive responsibility away from Russell Wilson. And now he's able to be, at this point, an older playability engine. How that works out for Denver, that is what we're going to see. So this season won't be about, is it the same regressed Russell Wilson? No, we all know where Russell Wilson is, was, will be at... (laughs) based off of his performance as that playability engine where in the same sort of system with similar assets, the team was able to move on from Russell Wilson and hit a level of performance that they hadn't seen in at least a season and a half with Russell there. So, (laughs) excuse me, Uh, Russell wasn't in any MVP conversations in that last couple seasons there. Geno's early performance with his team. uh, We're not going to say, you know, get on some Geno Smith was great last season bandwagon and say that he's riding off into the sunset and be the second coming of Brad Johnson. That's not what we're saying. What we're just acknowledging is is that as far as Asset for Asset and Gino and, and Russ and Teddy Bridgewater and, and these, like, it was a serviceable situ- situation for Denver. They wanted to get better at that. That's why they went and did what they did. So, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's one of those things that, yes, you can critique a business when they are in the decision-making phase, Uh, And in order to best, uh, you know, provide some commentary or some analysis, we can't just be like, oh, they're so great. Oh, the decision is so great. Not until we are able to see how that performs, really. Now, there's always, you know, forecasts and things like that. And you grow it out from there. Any media segment, entertainment segment has it. And so, uh, you know, whether it's, mo- you know, movies and, 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 and movie previews and, 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 and all sorts of things. So it, it's not like, you know, these sorts of things are unique or, or, or that, or that it's, it's, it's an exact, you know, sort of social or, or entertainment science there, right? And so what I can tell you is that as far as Denver... What they did this season in acquiring Sean Payton, and then we'll get into you know what what, what huh, boy, and so uh, what Sean Payton has of Russ is what we just described. What he's going to have to figure out is in his vaunted offensive mind that did not uh, produce a Super Bowl in any of his last seasons between him and Drew Brees. Okay, and so and that is very real. Okay, this is not a uh, uh, oh, you're. It's just to be, you know, uh, for for the sake of, you know, to be uh, just a contrarian or, or or that, you know, just for shock value. You're just not trying to sound like no, seriously, like Sean Payton is not Andy Reid. Does anybody anybody know? But when we're having these conversations about, you know, where where we're looking at, you know, and what to be realistic. Russell Wilson is not the quarterback that Sean Payton needs right now at this point in his re-emergent career. And I believe that if I am someone who needs to make the most sense of my business decisions because those business decisions were meant for me to win or to reach a certain, I say keep saying win because we're to talk about football, but to reach a certain milestone. Whatever that milestone be, and we're driving toward that. Okay, um, we have to make we have to make sense of all our decisions up to that point. You just do. Okay. Now I'm going to use a phrase. It's not meant to you know be gender offensive or anything, but you know we want to make sure we address that. But there's a phrase amongst you know uh, uh, people of a certain age, and it's balls to the wall. And that's exactly the mode that Denver has to be in with their commitment to their decision-making to have arrived at this point. I'm going to tell you for the sake of not being a contrarian, but just looking at the asset that they have, Russell Wilson is not the strongest asset that Denver Broncos um, are going to need in order to reach that in a two- to three-year window. They're going to need more assets, which may involve... Either some uh, what Sean Payton enjoyed his last few seasons in 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 new uh, in New Orleans in New Orleans uh, was that he had Taysom Hill and he had Jameis Winston. Even though Jameis would get hurt or or, or different things would happen, happen he had almost in in it realistically a dual quarterback system. I think that if. I am Sean Payton, realistically, uh, that's what I would ask of Russ. Russ is going to have to, in order for that team to be successful, Russ is going to have to give up some money, and they're going to have to go after and, and try to find um, some quarterback. I don't know, maybe even, even to get a taste Hill. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of crazy. Or we can potentially take a look at the situation that may develop in Arizona with Kyler Murray. This is what I would tell you, okay? Seriously, this is what I would tell you. As we talk about different contracts in another professional sport as, hey, you know, another team just sort of assumes this part of a contract to kind of make a heads up deal. This is what I believe is actually more likely on the horizon, that Russell Wilson will play out at least another couple seasons of his contract. You know, as for the sake of the show, we don't know where in two years, what the money is, if it's going to be, you know, $40 million and then 37. But what I'll tell you is this, is that if there is a way, if I'm Sean Payton and I am looking for, and here, here here's another thing when it comes down to coaching trees and things like that. So we're going to get to Sean Payton's comment here, uh, here uh, for sure, at least before the, uh, this the the half part, the half part here of the show, but seriously, Sean Payton, Bill Parcells' coaching tree. Uh, one of the things that uh, in in those uh, thirty for thirties or those those sort of intimate conversations, Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick uh, had this um, sort of interaction. And Bill Belichick was saying that something that you learn from Bill Parcells is that you always kind of have these players in your mind for your scheme that you have, your guys. Like, hey, you know, whether it be, um, uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor or, or whether it be Tom Brady or whether it be, um, Teddy Bruschi, whether it be Gronk. So, um, so, so you had or, or, uh, or Kevin Falk. You know, or, or or any 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 of these prototypical Dion Branch. I'm just thinking of these players who, and and, and and these coaches when they when they're when they're winning and they have these sort of players. What leads them to their decision making later on? Well, well, whatever they saw as being successful. Sean Payton is no different from that. Sean Payton is used to having an undersized quarterback. Now he hasn't had a quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees wasn't wasn't as. As non-mobile as as Peyton Manning, you know, or sort, is sort of what, what we at least say. I mean, Peyton Manning has score, you know has run with the ball and things like that. But um, it's just one of those things that he is used to putting together schemes and everything to leverage those skills those quarterbacks have. I believe that in Denver's planning at this point, they also know and they knew it that as far as Russell Wilson, they were just, they were buying a car that they needed and whatever they were going to get out of that car, they were going to get out of that car because they were just needing to get to uh, some other point where they can get, where they can maybe get something a little bit more substantial at maybe a midpoint of what they were already looking out for in their long range. They're saying, Hey, I want a car for 10, 12 years, but I need to get me a car now because this car just broke down or we have an immediate transportation need. And this vehicle, for whatever reason, isn't going to get it done, so we need to get another car. We, a truck whatever we need for this situation. Maybe we had a smaller SUV, and now we're going to get uh, 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 one of those uh, th- 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 those, uh, those trucks, those pickup trucks that have the bench seat there in the back. it's the two door, not the four door, and it has the bigger tr- the bigger bed. Instead of the four-door truck that has a little shorter, fatter bed, see? So maybe your need is that you still have a need for, you know, maybe you've got one kid, and so you need the bench seat. But you need, because maybe, you're, maybe you haul stuff, at, you know, whatever your need is, you actually need that truck as opposed to an SUV. It just happens, right? And so that's the situation with Denver. They had an immediate need to fill in order to get to a milestone that they were setting as themselves in the organization, they went after Russell Wilson and they knew they got out of him what they were going to get. That performance last year had less to do with regression, had everything to do with where we're at with Russ. Now that the team has addressed that shortfall, this should yield whatever result in order to reach that milestone. Whether that is Russ, the maximizing his playability potential, and having that team perform as well as it going to, but I do believe this is that Sean Payton. Like I said, we don't we, we don't we don't or for the sake of this show, we don't say that people just miraculously arrive at something, or or, or that the all the stars just align this way. You no, know, we, we look at things very realistically, and if I'm if I'm Sean Payton, the next. Sort of player that is potentially like the last one that took me to a Super Bowl is not Russ. It's Kyler Murray. I believe that Kyler Murray is just as maligned as Russ was last year by the lack of ability to maximize that player's potential. Not that Cliff Kingsbury is a bad coach. Not that he couldn't get it done. Before we talk about playability, there was a disconnect between communication and expectation. Something that Sean Payton, as we know, aside from what we're about to get to here in a second, um, he's known to be able to do. So if I'm Denver as an organization looking to do different things, I'd put up on my radar let's get a coach. That coach is going to put together us a team, and we're already knowing where we're at. That Denver has kept a decent defense. I don't see why that would regress under Sean Payton. But I am going to say that they're going to make better decisions, player player personnel wise, offensively, because they now have a strong. They paid for that strong presence, so they're going to let that presence ride. Okay, they are. It's not going to be contained. This is a new organization seeking a different direction, got a strong personality, did that. Let's transition over what Sean Payton said because that fade that he's talking about running based off of coming in uh, uh, over there to Nathaniel Hackett, uh, who, who goes and joins Aaron Rodgers and those guys over the Jets, which once again, there is a bigness of bravado and, and ego and things that we are supposed to appreciate professional sports. However, it depends on how that comes, when that situation arises, what we're talking about. Uh, First of all, Denver and the Jets, they're both AFC teams uh, here. So the likelihood, depending on where their seasons go, uh, I I don't remember if they're going to play each other this year, but if they do not and they have to meet in the postseason or what have you, um, then. Here's a here's a here's a situation that you have where uh you're going to have to at that moment, uh, you know, jets v. Broncos, you know, if that were to arise and it's for some sort of big stakes, boy, that fade that you're running, you had best be able to run that bad boy, or that situation that you just brought like that, uh uh you you the 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 sort of bigness of that you 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 have to perform in that it can't be that you're saying this with this uh, i won't say aggression but with this urgency and communication and saying you know um yeah, how poorly things are run and such and that you know that that that's great, but then to then transition that over into what another team's decision making is. When it gets down to that, this is, we're, we're not, we're not even in the preseason yet. We haven't, we haven't made it through any part of any, of any season. We don't know right now if Sean Payton should be projecting those sorts of things other than just saying that, you know, there are some things he can focus on as an organization. You know, it was just some of the things he said. He's coming in like, He's just it, not laying waste, and it's not like, oh, uh, you know, in some sort of creative chaos. And no, that's not what we're saying. Seriously, it, it's as almost though if the big brain is here, and and, and and this and this this and that, and 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 then there's the projection there. Like I said, there there's a great there's a great bravado, but that wasn't bravado there. That was somebody taking shots because of where somebody now has a job at, and so. If we're saying that Sean Payton is about to install something that should be successful for the team, I'm going to say yeah, it should be. But here's the thing: when you're running that fade, it had better be. I remember when John Gruden had took over the job there. Um, any coach, man, just pick one. I'm just you know saying as far as you know someone who's come over, like you know, same thing came over being an analyst, now as coach again, and now I got to figure out what this coaching life is like right now. Because the locker rooms are different now. You know, these players, it's a different landscape when it comes down to navigating that. And you have to be aware of that. that's why coaches like Pete Carroll can still carry a locker room because of their particular style. You know, you got these, these guys here, you'll lose them quick. You, you know, you, you, you come around there with that, you know, sort of energy because that's what they're going to be looking for. Now, here's the thing. He, Sean Payton is coaching in the same division as Andy Reid. I'm going to tell you this. It's not that he's not as good you or know, whatever, but here's the thing, man. In order to beat a man, you have to beat the man. And if you ain't did that, um, you ain't even came close to beating the, 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 the mini bosses out here. And then you want to go into the same place as the big shot and then guess what? You don't, you're not necessarily running, you know, an uncontested gauntlet because you do have a talented team in San Diego that's not about to make it easy for you. And so I think what I would have done if I were Denver's front office is I know that Sean Payton that you just paid a lot of money for him, but he's still your employee and he still has to represent your organization. You know, and I think it, I think he does need to walk back the statements on the Jets. I think he does in a professional sense. Because throwing that shade and you ain't even did nothing yet as that team's coach. You running fades out here. Why are you running them a fade? what they do to you? That man over there minding his own business. He say, I don't you know. You know what? See his thing. We don't know. There might be some back channel, you know, shade going on. Maybe they Hackett said saying something at a dinner and got back to Sean Payton and he felt like he was going to say something. You know, it's not like I wouldn't understand that. I mean, I'd probably do the same thing, too, if that was, you know, especially if it was something like that. Like, oh, you want to throw a secret shade? Well, check this out. You know what I'm saying? What is. Barring that has had, bar- if that hadn't happened, let's just say, honestly, this was just a, a straight. He out there talking, you know, just like how people do. I mean, like you say, it's not like we're like, oh, my God, why would this happen? We're just saying for the sake of being a fade runner out here with that static and with that chest out here. Why are you running people fades that ain't earned that, man? What that guy do to you? He, he you know, yeah, it's like it's like it's like Sean Payton got with Nathaniel Hackett's ex and sitting him strays. Based off of something that they pillow talking about over here. You know what I'm saying? And this person ain't did nothing but go off and live their life. They're catching a stray. So, it's like... I don't... I, I, I could say this. In a hypothetical world. Denver as an organization should not appreciate nothing that Sean Payton ran as a fade toward that or other organization. Now, whatever you want to say about you know, being accountable and being that coach and wanting to help Denver win, and, and, and these are things that he saw that he wanted to make sure that he addressed, there's nothing wrong with that. Like he said, we, that, that should be something that your organization appreciates. So I, I'm not going to sit up here and just for the sake of a business-oriented sports show, say that that was the greatest look for the organization at that time, and especially with such a competitive conference, before we even get to can you beat the top talent in the NFC, I'm going to tell you this, if by some way that it happens, things happen, man, all sorts of things happen, sometimes it, it can be a situation of destiny, right, Just this boom, this team just finna run up against this boom, it is boom, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna tell you this there's not a team in the NFC I feel that if Denver somehow makes it to the the championship, they're gonna beat. If it happens to be, you know, I think for real, in a hypothetical world, you don't wanna know, here's our long shot Super Bowl right now. Boom. Broncos versus Cowboys. That's my long shot Super Bowl. Broncos versus Cowboys. Yep. We're going to say it here. Because those are the only two teams, should they be matched up in that situation, have a chance of beating each other. Because, barring that, a Dallas led NFC Super Bowl would not be to beat any top AFC contender, save they be for whatever reason, the Denver Broncos in that situation. And that's not nobody here just throwing something out for the sake of argument. No, realistically, seriously. That is the only Super Bowl scenario that I see that Denver can be matched up against a team that it makes sense for them to be sitting up there playing like that. But that would mean that somehow Denver beat Cincinnati. Somehow Denver beat the Chiefs. Somehow Denver beat, hell, Miami, the Bills, the Jets, Ravens, the Chargers. Hell, the Raiders. It's like hell, they somehow beat the Raiders at least one or two times. That's not throwing shade, seriously. So you're telling me that Denver's fade that they're running right now, they coach out there running his team right now, prepared to do that right now. I'm not talking about no, oh well, you know it's a first year. No, you ain't running fades right now. Boom in his man face. Boom, this will happen here right here. Boom, you running fades, Sean Payton. You got a team to sit up there and and even get with. Is the stories coming out of that locker room that man, the guys, is like, man, I can't. I'm glad I got I'm, man, I'm glad I will not pay the coach. I'm sure that, I'm sure it's somebody, I'm sure somebody. I'm just I'm talking about in the realness, like, yeah, man, you know, coach, I ain't saw nobody jacking on Twitter, like, man, you man, I watch to see what happened now. Watch, watch, to see what happened now. So, I don't know, man. Maybe. Make sure stuff's straight at the crib for you out there running phase, man, for somebody to come bring that to your door. Cause you have people that you have to run through. And like I say, this is a these guys respond like these are different. They're the competition like these guys see, you have teams going at man, like you're gonna have teams giving. It's not like they weren't already giving Denver their best effort. But because you out here with that static, it's just like we say with NBA teams, you know, hey man, just maybe just don't. You know, don't say nothing to this player, man, because you don't want him to lock in and give, uh, give, him, give his best effort when we don't need that from him right now. We need, we need as much of a competitive edge as possible. Why are you out here with that static, with your chest out there like that? You ain't even the best team in your division. And that's not nobody just going back at him just for, no, seriously. It's just like if, if I was somebody in the neighborhood, in any neighborhood, pick one. And there was a, a any sort of animosity between neighbors or anything, man. Yeah, look at the situation and see is it just a stupid situation? Or you really is, is it just a pissing contest? You got two people with two big egos and they just can't let each other each other have the last word. They'll let you have the last word, but between each other, because they 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 personalities. They can't let each other have the same the last word. Or is it going to be somebody that you can clearly see is taking advantage of a situation, you know, and, and maybe they, you know, I'm, you know, maybe not get put in a place, but they just need to let let things just deal themselves out with whatever that type of person is. Or maybe this is a situation where somebody going to have to deal with this in a more direct way. It's always going to be something like that. And for the NFL, for professional sports, the most direct way that teams have to deal with their animosity and static with one another is giving the best effort on the court or on the field or what have you, in the ring, um, in the rink, you know, so uh, on the track, whatever it be, uh, uh, in the pool. Um, so uh, it's just one of those things where it, we, it, we, 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 we don't give enough space to that sort of realism in the fulfillment of our sports entertainment. You know, wrestling, for example. We we know that you know that there are things where, where there's writing, and then there's there's all sorts of 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 show planning and things, and 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 it's like. There's still some level of disappointment. Uh, like, for example, uh, people are saying, "Well, wrestling's really bad because uh, the 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 owner won't let the writers, you know, plans be out there." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, the whole thing is fake, guys. Like, it's literally fake, not fake, but it's see, sorry, it's sports entertainment. These people are have storylines and are actors." And we are surprised that in a completely abstract delivered good that some that the storylines that are written for the shows are not being followed and the content isn't as good because of this. And that the actors are visibly like, oh, because in their interviews, in a whole business where everything is predicated on being an actor in things, where you have to, you know, you. I remember watching some of the newer content on wrestling, where in there, especially during COVID, where their storylines were literally these, 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 um, like little webisodes, of their different interactions with each other thing. They weren't even wrestling. It was just kind of like promotional, uh, you know, back and forth with, you know, with them talking about each other, man. And so don't get me to lie to you if I think it's a little bit overblown in a particular uh, segment of, of of sports entertainment, you know, the wrestling consumer sphere, that I think it's a little bit funny that, the, the critique is is that the storylines aren't being followed in the right. You know, this, it's just one of those things that you you can really see the success of a good based off of how their consumers react to things, and you grow that conversation out to even football. Uh, football has succeeded at its ability to provide that suspension of belief. Even more so that we look at these business entities as being able to somehow operate differently than anyone else that have ever made money on the face of the planet. Seriously, in order to make money, there's only three ways you're going to do that. You got to find people to make money from. Then you have to sell them some product and you have to sell it to them for a price. So either you make money through finding more people to sell things to, selling more product to those same people, or you have to work on the price. Some combination thereof. That's how you make money in business. People do not come in and own football teams just for the sole sake of owning a football team because somebody needs to own one. It is very much a flex. It is it is you arriving in the in the global larger Economic participation that you have arrived at a level of economic participation that is different from someone just opening up a series of franchises. It is a statement. It is a statement saying that I have enough money to invest in otherwise to influence potentially several business segments in a region nationally or internationally. That is what that is. You grow that conversation out from there. The personalities that either seek to have bought teams or do own teams now or have whatever you have them and grow that conversation out from there. And that is why people own basketball teams. The other thing is, is to use that as a revenue generating machine. It is not simply just as a splish splash. It is also to say, I can get money this way, too. These are the business decisions that I'm going to be able to make. This is how we handle our balance sheet. Some people call it a salary cap. Some people call it whatever they have. It. it is still a way that a business has to operate under a budget principle. Okay. It's not some elementary business sort of thing. No, seriously. Guys, football teams make money the same way that other people do. It's just a different level of participation than just someone once again, open up a series of franchises. Although those series of franchises are all separate entities, as we know, ran by different general managers, maybe they have different offerings, right? So different franchise locations are different teams within a franchise head business. It is. That's why different McDonald's and different, you know, restaurants and such, you know, once again, you can have a McRib at one and not a McRib at another one. So that's why when we have a team that is orienting itself toward a certain level of business operations to attain whatever level of success that entity is seeking. Not all teams are looking to win Super Bowls. It would seem crazy, right? Once again, these teams are there to make money. That is what they're there for. They're not there for you. To have something of nostalgia and mystique, which is why when we talk about, you know, fan and consumerism in sports, like the Green Bay fan um, thing is so unique, not in just the uh, affiliation and esteem that that fan base has for their team, but just in the mind that is held that this is somehow an entity that is different from any other business that there is just because of how it's structured with its novelty for ownership. So, uh, you know, don't give me a line to you. If every if, if every, if every NFL team is created equal, but I can tell you that there are some teams that yes, they are really orienting themselves. Their participation is to win the trophy. Or to have a presence when it comes down to Dallas. Dallas does have a winning, uh, winning in their history as an organization. Not just with Troy Aikman. They, they you know, they're, they're still Dallas. They are. Here's the thing, though. Dallas under Jerry Jones is not oriented to win Super Bowls. It is oriented. For the brand of the cowboys, who football happens because that's the product that they produce, the Dallas Cowboys could end up being a series of convenience stores, and there would be no difference between Jerry Jones and how he would pay his top talent you know top you know uh, uh managers at the stores and such. There would be no difference in how he operates. That's the Dallas Cowboys now, maybe under a different ownership structure. Uh They would be oriented towards something different. But right now, the Dallas Cowboys are not about winning championships. It is about having a winning brand. Football happens because that's the part that that that's where the Dallas Cowboys. uh That's where their product is right now. Once again, if Jerry Jones wanted to, he can sell that team. Go and have a Dallas Cowboys-esque anything. Just name it. It could be a, a computer repair chains, <laughs> but it wouldn't be any different, wouldn't operate any different. So when we look at that, and then we look at, you know, why or the whys, well, that's why. Because what Jerry understands is that you know, football players do matter in order to deliver your product. So you want to have, you know, as far as you can get the best player to deliver your particular brand of a product, which for then you grow the conversation out from there. And you say, well, he doesn't like strong coaches and these sorts of things. Yeah, that's because he's not that's not what he's doing there, man. It's not what he's doing. <laughs> it's just not. And that's not bad. It's It's his business. He's able to part into the NFL, let him in there. So he'll be doing that until ownership change, really. Same thing with the Packers. Same thing with the Jets. Same thing with any team. Same thing with the different Broncos. They changed their ownership structure. They made decisions on their roster that were uncomfortable in order to reach a milestone that they're at now. They have a quarterback. As far as the product of the Denver Broncos, this product of the Denver Broncos looks the same as any other successful product the Broncos have ever had. They have head coach with a winning resume. They have a quarterback with some established resume, have a decently built defense, And right now, an offense that at the end of last season was able to show flashes in the departure or in the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, where they did uh, compete uh, relatively decent at the end of last season, all things being considered. And so if you were going to build off of that late season success and say that we've now markedly got better at where we were poor at. Yes, this next couple of seasons should look markedly different from the prior three, two to three seasons that we've seen from the Denver Broncos. However, my outlook is, is that barring a Denver Broncos and Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl and whatever leads to that, I, I don't see either of those teams, even though this is more about Denver and and, and, and head coach Sean Payton, what he, that fade that he's trying to run, to a whole entire different organization that he's going to have to make it through uh, in order to really be able to deliver that in in a meaningful way. Uh, We're we're going to call this season uh, the season of knowing, and that is the season of knowing that the direction after this season that Denver is going to take is they're going to, um, for an organization like the Arizona Cardinals that, look, we're not going to say that they're not trying to do anything. So, like I said, the Arizona Cardinals right now aren't oriented towards winning a Super Bowl. They're oriented toward constructing a roster to try to figure out what they're going to do here with that roster, what it's going to be. Like, the Arizona Cardinals are looking for their roster for the next X years. That's the mode that they're in. You grow that conversation out from there. In order to do that, there's a lot of different parts to Arizona that for them, honestly, having a veteran quarterback who, at, at a particular point in his career, maybe not so focused on winning as much as maybe just competing, that maybe gives them a good two additional seasons apart from these next two, so call it within the next four years, Arizona should be in a much better position to at least have had their roster in order to compete at whatever wherever entrance they're able to, so I, I'm not saying that Arizona is a, is a team with no direction. They're that's just a team, and their milestone is right now. They've got to find a team, and part of that's going to be it's not if Kyler Murray he's not for their team, but for a coach like Sean Payton he's in, he is. I say within the next two seasons, Kyler Murray uh, it, it makes it find his way finds his way to Denver. We're out on what that forecast is right now. We'll see how Kyler as a player plays. If we can really say that that pairing is going to make sense or if it just makes more sense than having Russ where he is. You know, Do I take Russell Wilson where he is with a potential young offensive core or do I bring in Kyler Murray to do what I was wanting Russ to do until we have a better situation? Here's what I will say, though about that is that world Lamar Jackson was available world and the world said and this is no please this is no quasi religious thing you know about you know the, the 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 sports the 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 NFL sports landscape uh you know uh, had Lamar Jackson and they forsook him and now they're gonna be sucking, you know, because they didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> what I am saying is that there had better not be a team that that that's like, oh we had no way forward with the quarterback. There was no one available. Don't please, there had not been an NFL front office that says that. That says that we didn't have any other option. I will say this though. And, and, and we're getting ready to wrap the show up here in a world of hypotheticals, because I don't think that Denver, because they leveraged my gosh, here's a hypothetical that I believe in. Denver would not have fared any worse or any better under uh, uh, Katie Bridgewater. Would not have really would not have fared any, 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 any better, or any worse. Teddy Bridgewater, although injury prone, maybe he's available the same amount of games that Russ was competitive in, and maybe they have a similar season. But the assets that they gave away from Russ, boy, put them in a position where they were unable to get a Lamar Jackson, maybe cleanly. You know, I don't. I'm. That's what I'm saying because you're you're asking didn't I mean you you be asking Baltimore to take Russell Wilson. In, 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 in some sort of exchange. So the only way that that would have made sense would have been for Denver to have been in a position to give away first-round draft picks, probably two or whatever, to have gotten Lamar and actually been at, about, been at the same point there right now. Sean Payton would have had Lamar Jackson and we'd be at a potential different forecast with that pairing, so that's what I'm saying is the difference here. That's what I'm saying as far as my prognostication on the issue, uh, and when and having hindsight and all these things at that point, that is why you know when you're making these decisions and you're and you're wanting to hit your milestone. This is for anybody. This is for anything. It, the NFL just happens to be because it's a professional sports. This is a prof- this is a sports show. Uh, we're going to talk about these things, but. The Denver Broncos' outlook is that they will they will be a team of knowing in and after this season of what will be the best direction forward. And once again, in this prognostication, we're going to say that Kyler, a Kyler Murray because a Lamar Jackson. And a Sean Payton pairing couldn't happen. The next best one in lieu of it being Justin Fields, depending on how truly special he is at the quarterback position, I would say Sean Payton's looking at potentially coaching Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is uh, once again we talked about Russ and his success and Drew Brees and his success and small. So Kyler Murray is 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 a self stylized former best high school athlete in the state of Texas. We know that he has had some spots of success in NFL, and we also know that, once again, in his situation, there was a communication and an expectation uh, concern there. Uh, And so I think that, once again, Sean Payton is a great direction for for a coach for Denver moving forward. But Sean Payton's going to have to retool this installment of his ego, get that team where that team is going to need to know, hey, this is – we we said shut up and play about players. We're just going to say quiet down and coach uh, there. And we hope we wish Sean Payton, that team, the best. I'm Will Everson. This is Sports Bar Weekly. Please listen and share and be safe, everyone.